Due to a scheduling conflict, we weren't able to put out a normal style episode this week. But what we are going to put out is an episode that's based off of a conversation that we had with our good friend Vincent Williams on our way from Detroit to Chicago. Yes, it's a little bit different. It's not the type of topic and conversation that you guys are used to having from us on a weekly basis. We didn't want this week to go by without putting out anything. So in, enjoy a little bit more of a personal touch of an episode from us with our good friend, Vincent. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair, and our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. It doesn't take much to hit that send button and have something to connect over and bond over. So, as I said in the intro, this episode is a little bit different. We're actually on the road. We're on our way to Chicago from Detroit. And uh, we took a trip, us two and our good friend Vince. We've had him on the podcast before. You know him. You love him. Um... And we're on our way back home from Detroit. So this is a conversation that we recorded as a group of friends just having a talk about the things that we observed and experienced in Detroit. It is different than what you are used to from us, but we didn't want a week to go by without putting out anything. So here's the conversation. So fellas, thoughts on Detroit? Anything uh, stand out about it? Likes, dislikes, would you come back? I can see why they filmed Barbarian here. <laughs> you know, Detroit. What, what does that mean? Because people may not know about Barbarian. What, what do you mean by that? So, movie Barbarian is about um, a chick who uh, gets an Airbnb in a town to get a job interview. But the setting of the movie. Is uh, is one where it's like, damn, this is crazy because like it's like a really nice house, and then a bunch of empty, abandoned, haunted house ass houses. And, like the block looks crazy and scary. And so we stayed at the Motor City Hotel, <laughs> and it's like a block away. It looks haunted and like abandoned, and then it looks really nice. Yeah. So it was like kind of a crazy, you know, because Chicago has its okay neighborhoods or bad neighborhoods or whatever but it doesn't they don't look like that yeah and and you don't have occupied spaces exactly right next to 
the shuffle disrepair spots. It's like you got one area for one thing and another area for another. But like Detroit, you literally could have a disheveled, disrepair, totally messed up house, and then right next door to it, like a very modernized, occupied home. And I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah, Detroit, very, very sad. It's, it, it's actually really sad what happened to Detroit because it used to be a bustling town. It used to be a, a very happening city. And I'm, I'm like, large parts of it look like a complete ghost town. And, um, man, it, 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 I think it, I think it really speaks loud on multiple fronts. I think there's a there's a political aspect to it because it's largely politics and you know calling it what it is is largely Democrat politics that's that's run that city into the ground. I think no there, I think there's a cultural aspect to it. Like I feel like most of the people there, most of the people there just seem like they're in a trance, like just very slow moving, no urgency. No yeah. Yeah, I did notice that about the city. Very little urgency. So it's um, yeah, it, it it's very very sad state of affairs in Detroit, and it kind of makes me appreciate, not to go completely secular, but it makes me appreciate, like man, thank goodness I wasn't born in Detroit, you know, because I who, because no no seriously, like uh. It's a blessing to be born in America. Like, shoot, we could have been born in like Afghanistan somewhere, and like, shoot, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, it, I think it's a blessing to be born in America. And I think it's a it's a blessing to have not been born in in a city like modern day Detroit. Because think about how far behind those kids are going to be. Do you guys feel that um? Detroit could have been a salvageable city at one point when manufacturing was huge. I mean, um, and then as the manufacturing jobs were leaving, do you think like during that um, turnaround or that change of pace, do you think that there would have been anything that would have been able to save them? Yeah, with some just some good old-fashioned like foresight and planning, like being able to see Okay, well, this is the. These are the this this industry look appears to be, you know, moving or there there seems to be some altering going on in the in the economic and labor force in the uh, in the city, and being able to just course correct. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, it, it it sort of echoes the conversation we had when we were actually in we were by eight mile. Um, you know, as people are familiar about with, with Eminem and the movie Eight Mile, that's a place in Detroit. Um, we were around Eight Mile, and we were having a conversation when we went to what was it, a CVS, and we were talking about that contrast between the conservative, like Tucker Carlson, and the conservative, like Ben Shapiro, and that epic debate that they had that time when basically uh, Shapiro is representative of like the, the Reaganomics conservative and
Tucker Carlson is representative of the MAGA conservative, especially in, in the regards to economic policy. And while I rock with a lot of Reaganomics, I will say that there was uh, a degree of foresight that they lacked when it came to industry moving overseas. Now, I will say that those industries had their reason because when you're being bombarded with regulations and fees and taxes and unions, yeah, you're that's that's exactly what's going to happen. But the flip side of it is like, well, that's where the government should come in, put a halt to the things that would incentivize them to leave and also give incentives for them to stay as Trump tried to do with his economic policy. And so it's kind of crazy because uh, while we were in the hotel room, we noticed that uh, Big Vince brought a, a card game. It was a Daily Wire card game. Uh, it's Michael Knowles game, right? Yeah, it's Michael yeah. Knowles game. What's the name called again? Yes, the Yes or No game. The Yes or No game. Which we found pretty interesting and like kind of actually pretty fun. Like I actually, if if we ever do anything together, like where like we have friends and family over, it would definitely be like a game to bring. But uh, it was kind of crazy because there was a question there that reminded me of Detroit, and it said the industrial revolution wasn't such a good thing for society. And well, the way the game works is it'll say a statement like that, and then the people that are playing the game with you, if you're the host. They have to guess whether or not you would say yes or no to that. Yeah. I obviously said no because, well, I think the Industrial Revolution was a great thing for society. But when you look at a place like Detroit, when you look at a place like Gary, not so much. Uh, well, Gary, yes and no. Gary, yes. Indiana. Uh, yeah, well, Gary, Indiana. It's hard because the pinnacle of those cities was that was due to the Industrial yeah. Revolution, but then when the industrial revolution left so to speak then no it wasn't so great yeah and so to me it's like it's a it's a constant and a very like kind of like a a, a, a a story that you should memorize in your brain kind of like one of those tales of like what used to be vibrant cities now are the exact opposite because of not being able to adapt and if there's anything that you take away from that is like change will happen and it doesn't care about how you feel or where you are in your life and so you have to be very weary of that and you have to be able to change with the times yeah. to survive and um it, it's crazy because you have to have some sort of philosophy for the future which is something that a lot of people don't think about there's many people that do there's many people that don't and you see the vast difference in their socioeconomic status you know like it, it's it's so many people who talk about gas prices and food prices and etc etc on a lot of things about the economy and they can't they couldn't name you an economist like right. like like okay like who's your favorite who's, who's your favorite economist you know I mean, Milton Friedman Thomas Sowell uh, uh Hayek, Van, Van, Van Mises, like, you know, name an economist. But it's like, everyone, everyone has an opinion 
I'm about the, the economy. I'm in the Aaron Clary boat, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Everyone has an opinion about things that they don't actively partake in or or, or, or actively follow. Like, if, like everyone, everyone's got a gripe about politics and, you know, you look at the past Chicago mayoral election, 32% turnout. Yeah. Like, Insane. Like, seriously, I mean, and, and you know, I, I know we were speaking on debates before. Did y'all watch that Chicago mayor? That, that debate was an effing clown car. Like, all Chewy Garcia and, uh, but I, I don't want to get, Abysmal. I don't want to get, yeah, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but it's, um, yeah, like, and voter, and voter turnout, because I, I remember this about uh, the midterms the past midterms, Trump had put some blame on the Bible Belt. You know, all, all, all the uh, Christians in the Bible Belt. They're like, yeah, don't blame me. Blame, you know, the the people, the, the Christians who, who didn't turn out to vote. And that really rubbed the evangelicals the wrong way. And it's just like, yo, look at the numbers. Uh, Tennessee Arkansas, all, all those, all those states, Mississippi, all those states in that in that Bible Belt, man, barely scratching forty percent turnout. Wow. So, and I think Detroit is another example of that. Like people are just very uh, agnostic about politics and, and the economy and just bigger bigger more bigger societal issues and the city crumbles behind crumbles right in front of their faces and then and then they want to play the victim complex oh you know the big bad government they don't care about us you know and well everybody gets the politics that they deserve every single person i think it's also very like uh you're on some basic shit when you're complaining about like your groceries and and the gas prices, but you know nothing. Like you, you just talked about uh, economics or economists or type of ideas that would make things better. You just complain just to complain. Because because I have seen like the uh, we were talking about like YG was talking about Trump, and I seen a little clip. He's like, man, maybe we will go back to Trump. But his ass and his argument was like so ignorant that like it was kind of it was pretty shitty. Like I I rather a motherfucker not vote for for, for Trump if he's gonna sound like that. Like, what was, what was like, his, argument? his argument was like, man, cause man, motherfuckers just got them checks. We yeah. got them checks, <laughs> man. I mean, you know, people that got PPP. It's like, bro. I mean, I was about to say people got checks on their Biden. So, like, what? Are, like, what's his argument? <laughs> My thing is, like, if that's your reason to vote for somebody, your ass shouldn't be voting. That's first. Secondly, um, it goes back to the oh, uh, the, the prices are high. Why? Oh, this didn't happen under Trump. Duh, motherfucker! Like, were you living under a rock or what happened? Like, did you see policies? The thing is, people people's reasoning behind uh, them not being into it is because, oh, well, you know, I'm not really into politics. I don't really do that. You do. Right. <laughs> we, we whether, live in... whether you like it or want to or not, you definitely do, 100%. <laughs> and, 
And all, she kills all, me. All politics means is public affairs. Anything in the public sphere is politics. Yeah. So gas, crime, education, culture, sports. Sports is politics. Yeah. All these knockdown, drag out conversations about the Chicago Bears offensive line. I mean, sports is politics. And sports actually used to push sports has always pushed political agendas. Yeah. As well. So now do you guys think that Chicago could be at the cusp of the shit that Detroit went through in the near future? I mean, in a lot of ways it already is. We talked about that at breakfast this morning. In a lot of ways it is. Uh, as as Vince put it, it's kind of like a house of cards. The only reason why it hasn't gone the route is because it's such a so much more of a of a bigger city and it's so much more established but if it was a smaller less established city it would have went that way already yeah because like and with us it's you add the crime factor to it because i don't have the statistics to back this up because i i don't know the crime of detroit but what i will say anecdotally is Detroit, while it had, in many instances, a crummy look to it, it didn't have the unsafe feeling as some places in Chicago has. Yeah. And I would say we went around a good amount. Like, we, you know, we we explored the city. We saw different areas. And I never once felt as the the level of, of danger that I felt in certain places in in uh in Chicago. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I'm from Chicago. Yeah. Well, I was telling when when you had went to the bathroom or went to breakfast, I was telling them like that people don't have that Chicago vibe to them. Like when we've been around people, they actually seem pretty friendly. Yeah. And, like cool. Like whereas in Chicago, you come up to me, I don't know you. Like, it's very, what do you want? It's very standoffish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what do you, I don't don't get too close, and so. That tells you a lot too of maybe perhaps um, the difference in crime levels. Because I'm sure there's obviously going to be crime in Detroit, but in Chicago, you just feel it from the people like, don't talk to me, I don't know you. Yeah. Whereas over here, anytime we were around people, I didn't get that vibe. Yeah. And we were we were around all types of different demographics. So we went to, to we went from from the eight mile area. To the downtown area, to the sporting events, and, and uh, to beyond the border. Yeah, beyond the border, and never once did I feel like people had that vibe to them. So that yeah, is kind of I mean, crazy. At the sporting event we went to, the Detroit Tigers game, the people behind us, like you, almost there was part of the game you almost would have thought that they came with us the way they were ta- talking with us. You know, yeah, you yeah. almost would have thought that we were all in the same group. So yeah, definitely. Uh, well, you you see that a lot, like outside of Chicago, you see that a lot. I notice like people willing to engage. Yeah, more and or like you know ask where you're from and you know get into a bit of a conversation. You don't see that a lot in Chicago. When I went to Daytona, I felt that way. I went on some like solo shit. Fuck it, let me just go and enjoy myself. Um, catch the the beach relax and um, I had went to like a seafood spot and the people were like 
oh, where are you from? And then I was, oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, I'm from Chicago, too. Oh, we're escaping the snow, blah, blah, blah. It turned into a whole conversation. They're introducing me to their family members on the table. You don't really get that in Chicago like that. Yeah. It's different. What do you guys think it is culturally? Do you think it's attributed to the crime? Uh, I think a big part of it is attributed to the crime. Um, also, as we talked about in, in in Detroit, and I and I think anybody from Chicago has observed this. Chicago is a very segregated city. Yeah. Racially segregated. Uh, we noticed instantly how integrated Detroit was. I mean, like you got like, and it was like integrated, like. Next level, integration. Ne- next level integrated where you'll have like a like a like a, a preppy like white guy and coming out and there's like a bum right there and it's like the dude like the preppy white guy doesn't like he didn't look fearful or anything like it's yeah. just like everyday type shit whereas in chicago there's certain areas where certain people like that don't engage with those type of people yeah you know so yeah 100 percent. i think I, I think that has a lot to do with it because if it, if you're an integrated city, you're already used to pe- people being different. You're used to like a like a, a, a degree of diversity, so that might have a lot to do with it. And if you're used to those things, you're more willing to talk about certain things or open up about certain things or ask about certain things. Whereas when you're racially segregated, you basically stick to your own. So it's just like you may not be comfortable talking to somebody that doesn't look like you or isn't for where you're from that type of thing it's kind of crazy too because um chicago's a huge ass city you're telling me new york they're very integrated too yeah but but new york is still segregated like uh socioeconomically segregated yeah but racially it is very integrated but this this city seemed like socioeconomically it was integrated as well so, so on both fronts. Yeah. Damn, that, that's kind of crazy. I wonder why Chicago's like that. Because when we went to the game, I don't know if what read you guys got from the game, but like I felt like we saw a little bit of everything at that game. Where, yeah. Whereas when you go to like a Cubs game, generally speaking, it's like a certain type of people that's at a Cubs game. You know what I'm saying? And same thing with a Sox game. Obviously, like the Sox people socioeconomically are like lower on the ladder than like the Cubs people but it's still like generally speaking I'm making a generality here but like it, it's 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 all very similar but at this stadium you saw like a lot of different people mixed in together and I've not seen that a lot in Chicago I mean well part of that off your baseball reference part of that is because Chicago has two teams Detroit has one so all those people if you're a baseball fan and want to go to the game you kind of have to be integrated to a certain to a certain extent yeah, at least you got to be in the same stadium right that's true yeah but um I, I I don't know maybe this is just the political lens that I see the world through but if you look at if you look at like Chicago's politicians over the years, Chicago's politicians have been very bombastic and very uh, 
yeah, very, very bombastic, very boisterous about, um, you know, like, uh, uh, like things about like racial issues and, and th things of that nature. And I think that helps fuel the segre the segregation in the city. Now, Detroit, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about Detroit politics, but Chicago, you know, you, you look at our, you look at the last two mayors, you know. Johnson and, and Lightfoot, pretty much they're they're Marxists, they're ra racist, they're Marxists, and I mean even even Daly had a little bit of that to a degree. So it's just um I I don't know I don't know if it's the the egg the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken type of deal, but I think our I think the leaders in the city help the segregation as well. It's kind of crazy too if you think about it because like we, you know, we came to Detroit on something like let's go see some stuff real quick. Let's watch a show. Um, well, politicians see this especially like if you're running for, for president you kind of get to see this firsthand, and then it, it, it kind of makes you wonder like what the fuck do some of these motherfuckers see because if you're seeing the stuff uh, uh, firsthand, like you're you're in Cleveland, you're you're in Cincinnati, you're in Detroit, you're in uh, Chicago, you 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 you're on the campaign trail. You don't make these observations when you talk or when you speak or when you. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, when you're detached, though. Yeah, but I mean. Bro, like you don't have eyes, like you don't observe the world around you. Like these motherfuckers are wild as fuck. Some people are so detached that they that it, it's in a way like they don't have eyes. That's how detached they are. In a way, it's just like you know, like it's like they're so arrogant. Yeah, they don't they don't see it. It's just they're above it. You know, that's kind of crazy though, because it is. It's very crazy. It shows you the state that American politics is in to an extent because and then you see the the best ones to do it kind of have a better observation of yeah. the lay of the land yeah yeah you're right about that that that's a that's a huge skill and actually speaking about observation because you brought it up i made an observation about detroit that when i mentioned you guys didn't like at least from your reactions, didn't seem to be like 100% on board with. Like I made a, an observation about it seeming like a little bit of a, of a blue pill city in terms of like the dynamic that I saw between men and women. Uh, what did you guys think about that? Cause so we, we talked about the socioeconomics of, of Detroit, the racial, makeup of Detroit and how they they interact with one another what about the the sexual marketplace of Detroit and the dynamics between men and women well I know you said that they it seems to be women were dating down yeah I more so just looked at it as the women and the men were dating on availability like, but that still that still doesn't doesn't negate what I said about dating down. Like, if you if a woman is dating down, 
whether it's because of availability or choice or whatever, it's still dating down. I, I guess when when I when I think of dating down, I think of it being more deliberate. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna deliberately date someone. Nah, women would never deliberately date down. What woman would like? Oh, I I could get I could get the 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 Chad Prince millionaire, but I'm gonna deliberately not. What what woman would do that? Um, black women do that all the time. What? Where? Yeah, they, what they, do that, they do that all the time. They'll date some regular, regular Joe Schmo guy because they know that they're gonna have some power over him. Like there, there are there are women who make. Well, you know what? They that, they make like eighty, ninety. There's a subsect of women that do like they 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 like they'll date a, they'll date a man that makes less money than they do. Because they know, oh well, he ain't finna be he ain't finna be going buying no motorcycles or he ain't he ain't finna yeah. be going with trips. He ain't gonna leave me for no chick because because I'm shit jackpot. Because yeah, I'm yeah, paying yeah, I'm paying yeah. most yeah. of the bills. I I've seen it before, but like, but yeah, it, it's you're right, you're right. I've seen it before. Now I've now what percentage before. now what percentage of the but those women are usually but those, but we're, but those women are usually like. But like way way down on the high on the sexual marketplace hierarchy and so are the dudes like we're in those instances we're typically talking about like bottom of the barrel type shit yeah but but in Detroit for example if that's what's available you're doing it to survive to an extent like, yeah, oh, that, that was gonna be my point in in such an economically depressed area you're gonna just date whatever you Listen, if the guy has it's a like job, cohabitation out of necessity. Yeah, if the guy has a job, okay, that's it. <laughs> like, he's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I wasn't too surprised, I guess, because I Detroit. Although I, I mean, I, I ha, you have to see it to believe it, right? I kind of knew what Detroit was gonna be like in the sense of like what I've heard. Oh, well, it's a lot of empty houses. It's like Gary. It's like Gary. I, I kept hearing that. And so with that being said, you, you're going to have to have guys that are going to be like, they're, they're going to draw down. Because it's like, well, women are trying to draw down. And so they're probably going to make you draw down. But and the, it's a small town type of you, vibe. You, you could get, you in Chicago, you get Chads and Tyrones that draw down. It's just... It's just that they're the Chads and Tyrones. Like they, like the women, they could get a guy to draw down, but they don't have to date down to get the drawdown. True, but I, I don't, I don't know what the like. The, I didn't see guys. What, just because a be dude is word? a Chad or a Tyrone doesn't mean that he's not. That he's not blue pilled. Yeah. I didn't see like the I guess the guys I didn't see player type guys there that much, if you noticed. Yeah, exactly. And That's why I said it, it like it, it was like a very it, it, it struck me as a very blue pilled city. Yeah, and so because of that, I don't see I, I right off the bat it was like, well, this is more just feels like a small town. And if you've seen like how small towns are, it's just real simple. 
you didn't really see people with like excess jewelry, flashy. It was a real kind of like it felt like that small town living. And right. so when when it comes so to you, that, you went to Detroit expecting that. Yeah, because I mean it's run down. Like like from what people said is like Gary, what do you? You expecting this? I I wasn't expecting to see people kind of like me, maybe that looks somewhat like 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 us, but, but like but less even, big city thinking. I mean, but, I, but, I but, it, but in the big city, like in the hood, so let let's compare the big city, like Chicago. Let's let's take away, you know, the the Oak Park, the Wicker Park, the downtown. Let's just let's talk Inglewood, Chatham, Grisham you know, uh, uh, back of the yards. Those are like the more rundown parts of the city. But even women there strive for chads. Like the goofies, the goofies, you know, the game banger thugged out, tattooed as motherfuckers, but even they don't date down. So that's my point is like, is like, I don't, I don't correlate a place being run down or, or having a bad uh, uh, socioeconomic standing with like women willings, women's willingness to date down, you know what I mean? But a lot of the higher value men are not in those neighborhoods. Right, but but so what I'm saying you're, you're is, kind of but, but taking what I'm, away the, the the neighborhoods where those guys would be at, and then you just then perhaps it would be more like Detroit. You get me? Because like you're taking away a lot of like the cool shit, like. Not the cool shit, but like the better neighborhoods, all that. So now, if, at that point, then Chicago would be a lot more like Detroit. So it be it's kind of hard because I, the I, big city living is like very because like for example, like the people in the hood where we're from, they're a lot flashier than here. Like there, there wasn't that many flashy. Like we went through the hood. Like, yeah, yeah, that is true. So that, it's like they're trying to keep up. Yeah. So you're saying the 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 guys. Are willing to 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 put up uh, a more of a of a flash or show to attract where we're from versus here. Yeah, because you're competing against like the fucking. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Because we're the the hood in Chicago. It is a lot more flashier than the hood here. Yeah, we didn't really see like nothing really flashy. any uh, anything really like ostentatious. Or any ostentatious trappings in the city at all, really? No, no. As a matter of fact, we went to Windsor, and that's where all the fucking flashy, like, flashy shit, shit yeah, was at. Yeah. And it was like the liberal hub. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they had the fucking. We saw two Lamborghinis, bro. Like we're that. We weren't even there two hours. Yeah. We saw two Lamborghinis. Motherfuckers coming out the club. You could tell the chicks were like way pickier. The guys were dressed way more like yuppies. Yeah, it was way more. Like no, of a no, no vibe. dress sense, but yeah, it's like so, so flashy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I, we, we all look like a character out of Grand Theft Auto, walking in there. <laughs> I, I'll compare it to this. I, 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 Rick makes a good point. I'll compare it to this. Robbins and Harvey, Illinois, are two. I think are the more economically depressed southern suburbs of Illinois. The ostentatiousness of those of those areas is really quite breathtaking. I mean, it's rundown property everywhere, but yet you you look about and it's designer clothes, it's the gaudy jewelry, 
it's the little um the three what is it those three wheel little vehicles the oh three, yeah the, the only person i saw with yeezys there was you yeah they cartoon like motherfuckers didn't even have yeezys now i didn't see i didn't see a lot of like jordans yeah you're right now something I the guess, observation we made at lunch about like how like my chain my gold chain like it seemed to attract more attention than than it does in it, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, I guess I guess to counter my point that I just made would be that a lot of times the suburbs are really just a reflection of the major city that it's closest to. So maybe Robbins and Harvey are just reflections of Chicago. So I guess I guess something would have been to actually go out to the Detroit suburbs and see what it was like there. Like so, yeah, I I actually and the suburb suburban people Britain. are not really like the type. They're flashy in their own way, but they're not like cool flashy. Yeah, they're like look, I have a Lexus type of flashy. Is that well? All right, that's a Lexus. Whereas like city flashiness is like well, what you wear. The, like the shoes, the chain, the this, the that. Yeah, and suburban, suburban people are not like that. Is, a, is like more of the right type of flex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, they're worried about other shit that doesn't really like. Like their equity. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 Which act- is crazy because. Oh, what were you going to say? And actually, I, I've done that on. A, I've done. Here's what I've done on, on a occasions I will play down I mean I'm now my my economic status I'm doing I'm doing okay for myself I'm doing pretty decent doing well you're doing well big Vince you're doing well and um I will perp if I the Me, last couple I'm trying to earn a living wage <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of women that I've dated I've purposely purposefully played down how much money that I, I, I make and I, I come across I purposely came across wanting to look like I was like you know a little under uh struggling in you're on you were on some uh, coming to America shit yeah. trying try, trying to feel trying to feel the girl out because like I don't I don't want her big Vince are you from Zamunda <laughs> <laughs> The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> Thank you, king shit. <laughs> but um, cause like my thing is, women shit test us all the time. Why can't I test them? You know no, what I'm saying? Why? No why? doubt. No doubt. So I will. I'll play down my economic status. You know, heck, who, there's been a there's been a couple times where my first date, I'll pick her up. I don't even wash the car. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, and th- I've said this before. He never gave off. Fuck. And this this rubs so many people the wrong way. <laughs> if I was to get married, I would put a, a private investigator on that woman. Just, just to see what I could find out about well, her. Well, you know what's wild is that a lot of people of wealth, they do that. <laughs> they do that. They they will have like protect like, their assets. Yeah, man. yeah. That is, that that happens. That that happens. So there's there's just a lot of little. I I told you guys before. 
sometimes I'll purposely pick a fight with, with, with the girl that I'm dating just to test her reaction, seeing what, you know. So, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of little, I don't even know how I got here. But I, 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 didn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I would never, like, purposely pick a fight. I think there's other ways to, like, if you're trying to, like, learn something about someone, I think there's other ways to learn it without picking a fight because, like, I, I believe in as much harmony as possible. Um, but, but I see where you're coming from. Well, maybe fights a little too strong or an argument or, like, a debate. Yeah. Like a not healthy, even a debate. I, I, I could rock with, like, a healthy debate. But fight or argument, not so much. But, um, yeah, it's just to, um, I don't, like, I don't, it, so, it meant, let's say I'm, I'm dating a woman from, uh, let's say I'm trying to hook up with a woman in Detroit. I will, I, in a situation like that, I think you would definitely have to play down how much, you know, your economic status, because, who knows, she could be just attached to you to, like, oh, man, he's from Chicago. Oh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying to hook up with him. Maybe he could move me back to, you know, to Chicago or something like that. And I, that's, um, I think that's a pitfall that you might have to think about. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That is kind of crazy uh, that, like, women shit test men a lot. And men, I, I feel like men don't do that to women. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think men are typically, like, we typically have the tendency to get like very complacent in relationships. It's like once 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 there's a level of comfort, we're satisfied in that comfort and especially American women, they always kind of they always kind of want more. And so that's where all the shit testing comes from because it's that hypergamous nature. It's just like if you're not always like outdoing what you did before that's the shit that uh, 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 Rich Cooper and Fresh and Fit are ta always talk about. Andrew Tate's kind of like that. And that's why there's a sect of the red pill, the Manosphere, that doesn't fuck with those guys because those guys are still technically red pill and Manosphere, but those guys are more like, be your best, be your uh, best self because you'll never have a shortage of women and like the guys like Hammerhand and Sandman are more like, be your best self for you or society, but but fuck these bitches. And and that and that kind of that kind of speaks a lot to like how men operate because I think a lot of normie men, either way, they lose their weight. Like e either either if you're gynocentric, these motherfuckers get comfortable and get complacent and get fat and watch Netflix and like oh. Me and my girl, it's it's HBO night, and uh, yeah, and the game is on, and and yeah, you know, me and my girl, or that type of shit, never like really striving for more. If you're gynocentric, or if you're not, it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna be at home playing video games all day because like, yeah, I, I worked 40 hours this week. Whereas we're the type of guys that are always doing more. It's just, what do you do more for? Do you do more for? the garnering of more whores or do you do more for because this is just who God made me and like I like to get super busy you know what I'm saying so, so you're saying like that the, 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 the sense of purpose comes from 
within as opposed to oh everybody needs me to be this person right right and and then and then who is it that needs you because there's a lot of guys that like the rich coopers and and the fresh and fits that like yeah be be the 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 top g so to speak but you're you're like that to attract more women when if you break it down you in your heart deep down know these women wouldn't be with you if you weren't that so like how much reverence could you possibly have for them? Like, which goes to enforce Vince's point of like kind of concealing your own socioeconomic background to see how real the chick is for you because the type of trick that the type of chick that would be attracted to your status and socioeconomic background may not really be into you for you. She's into like what you have. So I get the other side of the red pill where they're like, well, like, be all you can be, but don't be it for that reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of crazy, though. Um, but do you think, do you think, like, guys like uh, Andrew, Andrew Tate, who else did you mention? In- Andrew Tate, Rich Cooper, Rich and Cooper. Uh, Fresh and Fit. Do you think they do it for the women? Well, they say they do. They themselves say they do. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, that, that like, I, I like, guess that's I mean, where I, I would I disagree mean, there's with them. Bigger, there's bigger stuff. There's bigger stuff, but like, like you know, I'm not saying that's all they do it for. They they do it for bigger reasons as well. And I think they they in their own ways are helping society or are attempting to help society, attempting to help men. But the. Uh, well, kind of by default, they sort of shit on certain men that like aren't striving for the things that they're striving for. And that's why the other side of the red pill and the manosphere has so many grievances with them because it's like, well, you're forgetting about the guys that like maybe weren't as 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 uh, uh, socioeconomic well off as you guys and didn't have the status that you guys have. You're forgetting that a lot of those guys were just like normie, uh, uh, nine to five working guys, and and like women like destroyed their lives. You're yeah. kind of because they do that. If you notice in their conversation, we I think even do that sometimes, um, uh, uh, unconsciously. Uh, we we do it uh, where I think sometimes the way that we talk because. We don't have kids and like and we're not married. I think sometimes we come off to like a lot of guys as as I like, oh well like you don't understand you don't understand our gripe, you know? So I get it, I get it, and then also because we're ambitious and like we, we strive for the things we strive for. I never try to come off that way, but I think sometimes it's just like a byproduct of, of who and what you're on. But the the men that you know for the sake of this conversation, you want to refer to them as like being on some normie shit. I think a lot of times they feel like, man, fuck these guys because society and Disney and culture, you motherfuckers didn't tell me that I had to be the best to just like be able to have a girl that's in love with me and wants to have my children and is down with me and won't divorce me and take half. Y'all didn't tell me that. And I understand why they're mad because they weren't told that. Like, we sometimes take our foresight for granted. Like, 
uh, our foresight on college, our foresight on, on women, our foresight on marriage and kids. We take that for granted because either it was because of, of our dads or having each other that we developed this foresight, which that's a blessing. But also you can't like fully blame men that didn't have the foresight because this is what they were taught from their team. Everybody that was supposed to have their best interest in mind told them this shit. Like that's that's that awful. Imagine like the world betrayed you. Like my mom told me this, my dad told me this, my teachers told me this, and it was all wrong. It was all wrong. And now you always are mad at me because I, I don't want to play the game. I don't blame them. Yeah, it is kind of like the like if there was a male fairy tale, is that is uh, the woman will accept me for me? Right. That's not really the case. No. And 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 they've woken up like you know how like a lot of women never wake up from their delusion. Those guys have woken up <laughs> from their delusion, but a lot of times it's like they're far, too far down the road or have too many financial burdens to like change it we were lucky blessed benefit enough however you want to phrase it uh, we were benefit we had the benefit of never having gone down that road or if you did go down that road not in the way that they did but we didn't trap ourselves well but here's here's something I'll, I'll i'll put this into the discussion take it with and you can take it wherever you want to the people I feel like I've gotten to the mindset and developed the foresight that I've had because I've had to. Um, I'll compare myself to my stepbrother, right? He's six foot two, athletically inclined, good physique. Um, he's, he's seen the, I guess, quote unquote, nicer side of women. Okay. In that, um, you know, when you're a six foot two athlete, I mean, pussy just kind of falls in your lap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. Me, I'm what five? I'm five foot seven, stocky. You know, I've seen, I've always seen you're all the man, worst signs. You're all man. <laughs> so fucking hot. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> he just Pause. He just flew. You just hear the door open and him roll out there. <laughs> but I've always seen the worst side of women's attitudes. And also, you gotta let these women know you have a 13-inch hog. So that, <laughs> that kind of, really, you're to blame. You right. never told them. If you don't let them know. <laughs> Hey, as I said earlier, I gotta play down, sir. Right? Yeah, big wins. But um, I've seen because women act very uh, stuck up and against towards short men. Yeah, and so I've always seen that nasty side of women. So someone who's even a so a guy even of average height. Yeah. Would not have the foresight that I that I did when it comes to women. So I think I think that I think that plays a large role in it for me. Now how you guys got there, I don't know. Like that's you know maybe you yeah. said you said your fathers. And, I mean and I don't family. know. I don't know what it was. It could be a combination of, uh, of how, of, how of, we got where, but having the foresight that we have. Oh. Like, like not basically not digesting the blue pill at such an early age like all the shit that was swung we basically 
like if you think of all of the default stereotypical traditional advice that's given to men in society we basically rejected all of it yeah how so basically what, what he said he had developed his foresight out of necessity because he saw how women were with a certain type of guy and weren't with him so it's like basically it's basically brains over brawn type of mentality yeah and, just, and real real quick real quick hold on to that point real quick the um i've when you're i'm once again i'm shorter i'm not athletically inclined i have to get ahead somehow yeah i, 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 I see I, what you mean yeah i i got i gotta use my i he my stepbrother he's gotten to where he's gotten because of of uh athleticism I've had to get I've had to get to where I am because even my job now I have to use my head. So and, and that and that even that's not even just of women, that's just of foresight and intellect of you know my life as a whole. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah but go I on, fin, finish your point. No, I was just explaining to him what what like answering his question. Yeah, so so to me I feel growing up and I think well, we were actually having uh, that conversation while, when going to the Detroit Tigers it was like well what is it is it nature is it nurture is it like what is it who, who, who do we attribute what we know and what we do and I think it's a combination I think that for example for me especially with my sibling I always did get a little bit more attention when it came to girls because I was a taller, I was a this, I was a that. Even though my parents would always like kind of say, because my, my brother was light complected, he, he's wider than me. So I feel like Latinos, they for some reason, they're always like, oh, with the light skin baby, oh my God, he's the best. Yeah. He's the best one. And so I experienced that. Um, the big, tall, lanky Herman Munster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the African American in my family, <laughs> yeah. But like, like basically, I was a darker one. So, um, in that regard, with my family, I, I wasn't looked at like the like the light skinned. But that didn't really bother me. But but I did observe that though. That was an observation I made. And then I, as I was a child, I did observe a lot of times people were very limited in their scope. Women or girls at that time because I was a child right so girls and boys were very limited in their scope so like I never it never really attracted me to be part of the cool crowd even though at times I had the invitation to because I thought that that shit was kind of like lame to me a lot of that I also attribute to my dad because my dad had his own mentality in in an environment where like everyone that looked like him had a what totally different so then that kind of made me interested in like, well, why do you think like that? Because like, obviously you're the head of my household, right? And you're, you're the, you've taken on the parental role in my life. I'm going to entrust in you. And my, and my dad, my dad is a very good public speaker. Like, like just when he speaks with people, he's very, he's very well, uh, you just know it. Like when a person is a good public speaker, just their mannerisms, their, the way they tell a story, their physicality, a lot of that, it, it goes a long way because it makes you personable yeah. to, to, to other people. And so my dad would have actually done very well in politics had he ever ran. And so 
And my dad, he's the type of guy like Trump, like keeps it real, says it how it is. Oh well. Matter of fact, when Trump came into into the picture, politically speaking, that was one thing my dad loved about him. He's a uh, uh, he would be like, "Ese cabrón dice lo que lo que es, like uh, uh, that's how it is." So if you would say like that, that that motherfucker says it how it is. So he's like, I, I respect that shit as a man. I respect that. Like I, I, that's some shit. I never heard no shit like that from a politician. So from a blue collar Latino man, that's the, what he saw in Trump was a matter of fact in your face this right, which is what he has. And so I think growing up, I took that because a lot of times they would say stuff in school that all the kids were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes because the teacher said it and then I would I would look at that as like that just kinda sounds wild I'm gonna bring that up uh, and I'm gonna bring that to the kitchen table when we're eating as a family and I'm gonna I'm gonna pose these questions to my father and see what he says so then whether it was a political question or whether it was a Bill Clinton question Bush question cultural question he always had like a very well-rounded outlook on it and so it, it gave me a different perspective in that regard because I was like, oh, okay, most of these motherfuckers just say yes in school and yes to, to their friends because they really don't have a mind of their own. And so I think part of it is, yes, maybe my nature is, well, I was very inquisitive as a child. I said, why, why, why? Why this, why that? Why this, why that? Why, what is that? Why, why are those things guarding the, the grass? Why is, do the trees look different? Why do they have all these? Everything was a why. Like I was a, I was a very, very, very annoyingly inquisitive kid. I think another part of it for me was the um, I was an only child, and as a result, you kind of have to make up your own games, and yeah, you gotta have to, you have to be more. I tend, I've, I've grown up to be more a keen observer, and one of the tenets of communism is that don't believe what you're seeing with your eyes. Yeah. And and I've always, so like, people have always told me, oh, you have to marry a black, you have to date and marry a black woman because black women are queens and black women are, are so special. And, 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 you know, all black women don't have bad attitudes. And, and you're right. But I'm looking with my eyes and I see these old big bodied NFL linebacker size tattooed up black women with nasty attitudes all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you know. and, and, and you're right about being an only child because so was I. I mean, I have a, 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 a older uh, half sister, but you know, different different households, but I'm my mom's only child. And when you grow up an only child, you learn, like you don't always have a team. It's, yeah. it's, it's just kind of you. So like, you become like a quarterback with everything like that. I gotta analyze it. Well, it, it's perfect. Like Abba and Preet, you, when Abba was telling the joke about like, you look around and you scan the room to see who your team is in case shit goes south. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. It's like, it's like, but sometimes you realize you don't have a team. Like, it's just, it's just me. So it's just like, it's just me when I'm playing or it's just me doing this or like, I don't have a brother or sister to put pressure on my parents to buy the new system. It's just me. So like, I gotta like find out like, how can I get them to buy it for me or or get it myself or whatever. So I do agree with you on that point, Vince. And then also what I will say is in terms of like the development of, of 
foresight that I have, I think part of it is that I've never really been like exceptional at anything. Like even right now, like like you talked about like your your like your height, and then he talked about his height, and I'm in between you guys. Like I'm not as tall as him, and I'm not as short as you. And I noticed, and then also I never like got like great grades or anything like that. But what I noticed about myself, like I have, and a lot of people like have told me this, like, like they're like, you have this this Steve Jobs thing about you where it's just like, you don't know how to write code, you don't know how to build a computer, you don't know programming, but yet somehow like people think like you're just this like smart great guy. And he's like, he's like, and and he, and and then like in the movie he's like, he's like yeah, he's like some people are violinists. He's like like you. He's like you're the best in your role. He's like some people play an instrument and some people play the orchestra. He's like I play the orchestra, and I feel like I've always been like that guy. Like I've been the guy who's like I may not know how to fix it, but I know the guy who fix it, and I know him well enough to get him to do it as if I like you're gonna thank me for him doing it basically. Yeah. And and that is a skill that I feel like I've seen from both of my parents because both of my parents are very good at like circumventing situations like they're like they know how to like get things done and not like in a manipulative way in a very honest upfront way but it's just like jesus like how like how do you have how have you accomplished this without this skill set or this skill set yet you've accomplished it better than some people with the skill set so, so yeah, I, I, I think that's that's definitely part of it. That's that Kobe Bryant, Jimmy Butler <laughs> shit, because like, it's the work ethic too, you know. So, so let let me ask you to this, because uh, you guys are more tapped into the manosphere and the red pill, uh, you know, group groups or whatnot. So just like there's different factions in the Democrat and Republican parties. I'm pretty sure there's different factions in the red pill manosphere community. hundred percent. So, so give me, give me a faction of the community. Give me the factions of the community, and then give me like a, a, a representative of that community. Absolutely. So, like red pill manosphere. So, like the MGTOW guys. That would be like Sandman and Hammerhead on YouTube. So they're they're basically, and even in MGTOW, there are sections of MGTOW. So like for instance, Hammerhand is like monk mode. He believes in like, I don't fuck with women. I engage with women. Like if I go to the supermarket and one of them is my cashier, but anything beyond that, like I have no use for a woman. That's like monk mode. Like basically, like I I I I I jag I jag my meat and like I I keep it like that's that's basically it. But you laugh, but there are a lot of benefits to operating like that. In fact, oh, yeah. when Fifty Cent first came out uh, uh, around the I want to say it was between Get Rich or Die Trying and the Massacre, he talked about he was at a place in his life where he's like he's like I'm not dealing with any women right now. Like I just I just don't want to. Why? Because. You have the golden ticket right now. All a woman could do is derail you right now. Yep. There'll be other times in your life, but like all right now with this golden opportunity of working with Dr. Dre and, and, and Eminem and the success and 
how you've catapulted into the stratosphere, all a woman could do would derail you. There's no woman that can help you right now. M and Dre, they're gonna be the ones to help you. Your squad is the ones that help. Like, no woman could help you in this capacity right now. So just, just leave it be. So for a time, he went monk mode, or at least he said he did. He didn't phrase it that way, monk mode, but, but that's what he did. Abstinence. Abstinence, exactly. Then you get like the, the purple pill guys. The purple pill guys are like the guys that believe you could believe be in a relationship, but you just never marry or never cohabitate. So, so there's purple pillars in the red pill. Yeah, exactly. And they and and that basically that's that because purple is between red and blue. So they ah, so so okay. so they believe like yeah, you could deal with women. I feel like I feel like RX is more in like that realm. Like yeah. is that you could deal with women, but like it, it's it's uh it, it's uh. You have your boundaries, so to speak, you know, and you have to be firm and rigid on those boundaries. So is there so is there any similarities between purple pillars and purple voters? Uh, no, nah, because it's no. different. Like purple voters, that's more about like politics and like political issues. We're talking about strictly like the manosphere, because that's what you asked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The manosphere and the red pill. Um, so so I mean, there's similarities in between in the fact that like they're in between, they're on a spectrum. But other than that, like in regards of like the, the issue and the substance of the matter, no, it's different different okay. topics. Um. Uh. So yeah. So then you got you got the guys. Like, so, so who's a famous purple pill? I would say like Rich Cooper is kind of in the purple pill because he has said in his book. The Alpha Unplugged, like he's dated, like he'll date, but like he just doesn't ever want to get married again. You know, he believes in protecting his assets. Andrew Tate comes off as a bit of a purple pillar in that regard. Uh, uh, even fresh and fit in a sense, because like they're willing to deal with women, have sex, all of that, but like they, there's there's a limit to how they're going to deal with women. Oh, so, so, so for purple pill would be only if you're willing to engage with women. So MGTOW would be strictly monk mode then. Yeah, yeah, or or like not just no because like a MGTOW might like get like an escort or something. Yeah, you know, like he still might have like a woman like that he uses strictly for the purpose of sex and nothing yeah. else, but. But like a purple pillar will actually engage in a relationship. Like yeah. I'm gonna go like a MGTOW's not gonna go to a movie with a chick, or maybe he will. But like he's never gonna take it as serious as a purple pillar will. Where like you talk to the woman about your day and all that type of shit. You know, yeah. like he's probably like like not gonna do that. So and even then he might because it's a spectrum, you know. So like you might have a little spillover one way or the other. But he asked me like, who would representatives of certain sex be, and and the, those these are like who I see as the representatives. Then you get like a guy like Sandman. I feel like I'm more like him, where like I'm so worried about. It's not that I won't engage with women. It's just that I'm so worried about like bigger shit that like. It's like, bitch, you're in the way right now. Like, like I'm World War Three. We got World War Three and and inflation, and you're talking about your feelings. Like, that's me. Like, it's just like I don't, I don't have the time for like the little shit because it's just like 
So I'm, I feel like I'm more like him where it's like, there's just too much, there's just too much important shit to worry about this shit right now. Uh, uh, and I'm always on the grind. And like Sandman, he talks a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that I relate to. He talks about how like, he has like physical ailments, like, like, uh, like psoriasis and stuff like that. But me, like, you know, I have like certain things with like OCD and stuff. And that's always because I have a very overactive brain and like my mind is always going and it's always going for like bigger stuff. So it's, it's like that type of thing. So, so yeah, like that, that's, that's, that's basically like the, the spectrum, you know, and, and the different philosophies that follow. Do you agree RX? Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say that's pretty accurate. So, so let me, let me ask you this RX. If, if, do you, so he, he says that the MGTOW, or there's some people in the MGTOW who, Dislike women and don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't even know if it's dislike. Yeah, it's that, just they don't want nothing to do with them. So I, I think you could not want anything to do with something and not dislike it. Fair enough. Like, is there so like is there? Do you think there's a growing? How so? How? What percentage of that is men who dealt with women before and have just realized like yeah I don't want to deal with women no more. As opposed to like maybe guys who were virgins and were never successful with women at all and have just pivoted that into a blossoming YouTube career or something like that's that. That's a great question, but I, I, you asked him, so I want him to but I have something for that. But that's a really good question. Yeah, so I think uh, a lot of it, at least in my opinion and from my scope of my life, I've just always understood that like you gotta be on your own shit. So like, I've never lived my life like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be blue-pilled about this and blue-pilled about that. I was, I always question everything because um, it all falls on you anyway. So you have to be responsible in, in, in that regard because I, I if, some, if, if a relationship doesn't go my way, that's my fault. That's my fault because I, I chose to engage in it. So then I better be better at choosing how to engage in relationships right and so I hold myself accountable to where I am in my life um, a lot of it when it comes to online yeah you get the incels which is what you're talking about uh, the involuntary celibate uh, crowd and I think that sometimes they speak out of, out of inexperience um, but then at the same time too they they, they come from uh, from their re very real scope like they're going through it. And so sometimes a lot of people, they invalidate some of the shit that these motherfuckers say because they've never went through it. And so sometimes you have to understand from their scope why they look at certain things in a certain way. And then you have to look at the way people look at religion and the way they follow uh, things blindly at times because they, they want something to believe in. So when they look at these communities, it's like it's like they've never experienced it themselves so they're going to use the playbooks that other people have written because they then they don't know they're inexperienced you get me not to say that 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 it's 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 wrong to an extent but it isn't wrong to an extent because they went through it but at the same time it's like well there's no better experience than your experience 
and you have to throw yourself in scenarios and and, 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 and try to develop yourself in any which way. It's kind of like what you said. You said when uh, when I was younger, I was five seven. My my brother was taller. He was doing this, blah 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 blah. I did this to survive. You get me? Mm-hmm. And so you have to develop yourself. And sometimes what I see in, in those communities is a lot of bitching and moaning and not enough doing. You get me? Mm-hmm. Now there's only so much you can do with certain people, but that that's the way I look at it. That's that would be my answer to that. Yeah, I I think that there are certain men. Uh, Sandman talks about this. There are certain men that go their own way, and certain men that have been sent their own way. Uh, and there's there's a vast difference. One of the reasons why I rock with a lot of his content is because he talks like in, in like when he talks about his experiences with women, he talks about how like he's had women, and like he's never really had a problem with women. He says that. His issue has been that he always gets like too caught up. Like, so he he wasn't sent going his own way. It's just that when he deals with women, he gets too caught up where like he feels like it takes away from important stuff. So that's the thing. Like, you also have to like be able to discern the perspective of a person because this is a guy that's such a big thinker that he's like, well, it's not that I necessarily have issues with women. It's just that I see how much more fruitful, abundant, and productive I can be if I don't have them as like part of my everyday routine. Also, where I disagree with, with Rick and what he said is I think that there was a certain degree of what he said that's like very... Uh, it's like solipsism, like very like self-involved, like, oh, well, my experience and this and that. And I, I've never had like bad experiences with women. I mean, I had bad experiences like any other guy has had bad experiences, but I've never had anything that was like so traumatizing or awful that it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know like what I'll do or my whole life is, is, is ruined or, or anything like that. So I've had like bad experiences just like the next guy but what I, what I am is I tend to be like a gladiator for people. Like that's one of the reasons why I rapped. That's one of the reasons why I do the podcast. That's one of the reasons why I'm involved in other endeavors is like, cause I think of like that, that Trump Elon Musk type thing where like, just cause this shit is not affecting me. I don't, I still don't think that it's right that it's affecting others that are not like me. And just because I've never had any like really heinous experience with a woman, I also understand that like if I didn't make the money that I made, if I wasn't as funny as I was, if I didn't have a 14-inch hog the way that I do, but if I didn't have like this stuff, Pause. <laughs> if I didn't have this stuff going for me because of Briefold's law, it's like you would probably be treating me treating me like the next guy. So because of that. Like I don't, I, I'm, I. There's a level of, of, uh, of distance that I keep, because I know that, and that's the thing, and that, that's the thing. Like with Trump and Musk, it's, it's like, yeah, like we are not the regular people. We easily could have been elitist, but what y'all are on, we still don't rock with. And so that's like my perspective, and, and that's where I disagree with what he said because, yeah, my, my perspective and my experience hasn't been that with women but I still see the world around me and I still don't think it's right I so. never, but I never said that um, that 
other people's issues are are their issues only. No, you didn't say that, but basically, basically, like he, uh, uh, you, you basically said like he asked you about like your philosophy on it, and you said that like well I don't I don't go like one way or the other because I go based off of like my experiences and like and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't like think that that's a bad way of operating, but. I think there are certain realms that like even though you yourself haven't experienced certain things yeah. doesn't mean that like that like a certain ideology isn't the right ideology just because it doesn't affect you and so that's where I disagree like I don't I don't go off of that because like I said I don't I haven't had many bad experiences with women where like people would because a lot of people that I talk to they talk to me they're like man like it's like you don't even seem like the type of cat that would be in this like it like or or like would would rock with any of this stuff but that's also because a lot of people have that mentality You're like well if it's not happening to me then like i don't i don't ascribe to it or, or i don't subscribe to it but uh but yeah i i don't i don't i don't think like that so that's yeah i try to make myself aware just because like everyone is different so I can't look at it from my worldview, but at the same time too, you have to look at you have to look at what you can fix. You can't fix everything though, you know? Like and that's where I feel sometimes people are real hard on others, is like they think that Oh well just fix it, just fix it, it's fixable. Or I'm five three ugly and no matter what the fuck I do it's going to be hard for me. And so it's like, that's where I feel sometimes uh, Rich Cooper, the Rich Cooper type of MGTOWs, or what, would he even be considered MGTOW? No, he would be Red Pillar. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I don't even think he fucks with MGTOW. He said it before, right? Yeah, yeah. He he, he gets on them like the, like how Jordan Peterson and all the rest of these tried cucks like to like get at them. Yeah, and so to me it's like and see it's shit like that. Like, I don't rock with them getting at MGTOW guys because, yeah, my boy, like, oh, you, my wife is great, and you gotta be what women want, cuckold. But like, but yeah, Jordan Peterson, like, you're Jordan Peterson. Yeah. You know, you, like, <laughs> yeah. But 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 uh, a lot of my boys have been ran through the ringer, and I've seen it. Like, I I've seen men that either that I've worked with. Or that I know, and it's the most awful. Sh Imagine doing everything right, and like this is what happens. Nah, I, I, nah. nah. Part, part of part of me looks at because of I see these things, like how Darwinistic life is, and so sometimes you you can't. I don't know. I don't want to say you can't feel bad because you're gonna feel bad. I felt bad, but like you can't feel bad for. The decisions women make, you can't feel bad for, for a lot of the stuff that people go through when they've had like a good ticket. Because like you're a fucking goofy, exactly. and you're in the position you're in because you made goofy ass choices. Exactly, that shit is so great that you said that. Cause like I saw this video not uh, recently where like some guy was commenting that a chick she posted on Twitter, basically like. She's been with her husband five years. He's a great man and all this like great shit, but like she feels like it's time for a change. So that's that's all it takes is like, I feel like it's time for a change. 
And then, and then a woman commented under, she's like, 25 years ago, I did the exact same thing that you're talking about doing, and it was the worst mistake I ever made. She's like, the dating market is gonna be totally different than what you remember it being. The quality of men that you're gonna attract is not gonna be the same quality of man that you attracted, and the quality of man that you get to draw down on you is not gonna be the same quality of man that you had. You know, not exactly how I just phrased it, but but in essence, that's what she said. Or do you, queen? Yes. Exactly. And so, a bitch like that, Slay. like I don't, like I don't feel bad. No. You know? So I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I exactly. So I I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because it, it, it's hard, because because like, man, like the world is really like, like the terrain is 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 rough. And so a lot of people that we live, we go through life thinking like, shit is sweet because it's been sweet for you. And and it's like when women hit the wall, that's one. Or when like the cool guy in high school realizes he he's not the cool guy no more. Exactly. He's three hundred pounds. It's like all these things. Like the world has a way of, of humbling the fuck out of you. And so it, it's very important. So don't like ever bank on like one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be well rounded and, and, and try to be open minded and, and have a good solid philosophy on things because it's not it's not I think like that the quality of your philosophy and the way you live it is going to go a long way. Because we are, are, are we're all gonna get older, you know? And and we're as we evolve, we're gonna change, we're gonna be different. And if you're well rounded in that way, and if you have a good philosophy, I think that you'll 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 do okay. I agree. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, you can go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.